0: happy sunday evening this is tomorrow christian today reading colossians 3 in the nlt before i pray i just like i just church was so great today you know we talked about uh john 11 where jesus went to renew uh r- resurrect lazarus and just a little bit of you know there's always something you don't know and just kind of diving into what his name means El- El- Eliezer it's so kind of a name god helps and then also he's, he was in bethany which means the house of suffering so there's always some suffering involved uh, when uh, the Lord uh, lifts you you know when he changes you when he plucks you up from being spiritually dead um, there's always going to be some kind of uh, suffering or misery or opposition and then today also going to the later uh, another evening church uh, evening program uh, where Pastor Don is talking about Philippians 4 verse 6 I believe and it says delight thyself in the Lord don't put happiness in things that can't be happy Uh, but put your happiness in God, because He never changes. Other things will change, be taken away, will become non-existent, and your happiness will be based on non-existent things or things that are temporal. You'll never be able to be permanently happy. So true, really something to think about. I just feel like, you know, going to church, it's like you're in this bubble, this bubble of renewal, this bubble of um, resurrection, this bubble of rejuvenation and rejoicing in God. And then you come out and I you know, get some emails and stuff like that, stuff going on. And I just feel like it's like clown world. In the outside world, outside church, it's kind of like... I just hear this music going on in my head. Like this world has become crazy and, and just like a clown. It's like a circus. There's always kind of some show, some drama, some strife going on. It's true what the Bible says, the wicked have no rest. And coming out into this world, is just getting weirder and weirder by the moment and all this drama and all this fighting and contention. I don't think it's ever going to stop. I think church and scripture and Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit and just that rest and that peace, that restfulness, that's the only that's the only hope you have of rest to me church is the only place you have yeah there'll be there'll be stuff and stuff going on in church too of course but at least it's not this (laughs) you know I just hear this music going on in my head as soon as I was checking these emails it's just this ongoing clown show let's pray Dear Lord thank you so much for rest thank you so much for church thank you for your word thank you for Jesus thank you for giving us rest and stability and something to hold on to you are our happiness Lord we delight in you we cling to you because you never change Lord we lean on your everlasting arms you never change your judgments are never false your judgments are never wrong Lord you are the eternal constant permanent source of our happiness and our joy and our promises and our faith lord just help us to be like iron instead of being flimsy wet rags just help us to be strong in you lord in you and in christ and you're in us lord and we just dedicate ourselves to you and we cling to you we cling lord you are the rock the rock of gibraltar lord thank you for being a pillar and a rock and we know that we are a pillar in your house So, bless us now as we read your word, just give us that mental tenacity, that mental passion, that mental happiness, and that delight, Lord, where we delight in you. Thank you, Lord, for being such a good father and a good God. Amen. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. I did say Colossians 3, right? Living the new life. Okay, so this is living the new life. All right. Verse 2, think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Yeah, just what I was saying. The things of earth are just clownish now. Just fighting and contention and bickering and quarreling and people biting each other. This is exactly what the devil and his angels go through every day. I don't think they sit around saying, okay, can we have a meeting now? we just like to see where we're at. okay, you go first. No, you go ahead. No, no, after you. I don't think it's that. I think there's a lot of quarreling. There's a lot of bickering. There's a lot of strife. That's exactly what's happening on this planet. The things of the earth are just temporal and they just knock against each other. And people are like porcupines. They want to get together, but it hurts. Well, yeah, without God, there's no chance that you can get together without it hurting. For you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. Yes. And when christ who is your life is revealed to the whole world you will share in all his glory that's what happened you know they came to jesus and said lazarus is dead and then he waited two days he waited three days kind of like how how long was he in the tomb in the darkness how long was christ in this in in the darkness and the throes of sin three days three days and three nights he may have, you know, however long it was. Everybody speculates. It's Wednesday. It's Thursday when he died. It's Thursday evening. I have no idea. I think Jesus being in the dark of sin—it does not necessarily in the tomb, but definitely that God was retreating from him. The Holy Spirit was being pulled away from him. I mean, it's the only time, as somebody said, that Jesus ever said, "My God, my God." He called God his Father every other time accept that one time. And as God gets farther away from you and departs from you, that that personal intimacy in your heart between you and God, that connection, that deep, deep-seated, deep magic, as C.S. Lewis said, connection is taken away. That's exactly what's happening. The emptiness and the, and the depression and the emotional strife. I'm not saying that because you have depressions and Emotional emptiness. I'm not saying that you don't believe in God and that God is not with you. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying there's so much going on uh, these days and it's so easy for God to be taken away that we try to delight in things that are not godly. You know? And the pastor said, you delight. He said the key word is in the Lord. That's the key word. You have to guard your mind and guard your heart. Because there are things in this world trying to get in yeah i like social media i like i like to see people talking but sometimes like all the quarreling and all the bickering and all the negative emotions and all the anger and everything is just building up and it just gets into the tweets and it gets into into the social media and then it becomes antisocial, and then you kind of absorb it by reading it And you kind of see the angry words and you see the frustration of the person sending out a tweet or sending out something on facebook or whatever it is and you kind of absorb the negativity we have to guard our hearts sometimes it's better not to know some things i mean i I saw a video there with people fighting like they're punching each other like they're in some kind of restaurant somebody went crazy and they're punching and i'm going yes this is horrible this should not be happening you know, lawlessness and disorder and iniquity is abounding. Just like it said in Matthew 24, I don't need to see every tweet, every tweet and every video that's ever been made where people have, it's decayed into an absolute fight. It's just not good for me to know every single thing. I was never meant to. I can't take it. I can't absorb it. And it's just going to bring you, bring me down and it's going to bring you down too. And the devil's like, yeah, let everybody see everything now. Let's just, let's see how the world is decaying. You don't have a God. There's nobody there. He doesn't care. He wouldn't let this go on. You know, he's lying to you, right? You know, he's lying to you. He wants to throw every negative video at you on social media. So you just spend your time absorbed in watching this, you know, this accident. And you just, it's going to bring down your neurons. It's going to bring down your character. It's going to make you so negative and so jaded and so cynical and so hopeless. How can you reach for God? How can you do that? That that's what I that's that's my dime store psychology. It's just not worth seeing everything, right? It says verse verse four, yes, and when Christ who is your life is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory, we're going to share with our Savior. He's sharing with us. We we serve a transparent God who gives us, um, you know, to, to share to share in the works, to share in the tribu- tribulations, you know, the glory. You know, there's, there's responsibilities to being a Christian, but there's going to be rewards too. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you have nothing to do with the sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. We have them. It's in us. It's part of our corrupted DNA. And it's what God is trying to pull out of us To root out of us but why make it harder by putting yourself in a bad place you know don't put yourself in a bad place I mean I knew I knew somebody who was trying to quit smoking she would still hang out with people who smoked you know we're trying to get rid of that addiction we don't want that to be part of our life anymore why are you hanging out with people who are not trying to get rid of it so they can blow smoke in your face and you can sort of enjoy it and get a little sort of dose of it it was just really a bad you know it was just a bad play don't be greedy for a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world because of these sins the anger of god is coming oh boy you used to do these things when your life was still part of this world but now is the time to get rid of the anger and the rage and the malicious behavior slander and dirty language isn't that funny how i'm saying all this just before I read this part, I didn't actually remember that this part was here. That's exactly, it. it's time to get rid of it. It may be hard to get rid of it all by keep on witnessing it. It may be on Twitter, it may be on social media that you have. You may wanna see it, you may go, oh, this is terrible. I wish this wasn't happening. But if you keep looking at it, you're, you're you're getting involved. Your brain is going through the stress of this, the adrenaline of this, the anger of this. You know, God is going to, I'm not, I'm not saying you have to be an ostrich either and blind yourself to all the evil in the world. I'm not saying that, but it's like, remember something, we're all finite beings. We're all finite. We all have finite energy levels. You can only take so much. Don't lie to each other for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your Creator and become like Him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free, Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. Yeah, in this new life, this new covenant, this new universe, your outside, your phenotype, your nationality, where you were born, that won't really matter because we'll all be free in Christ. We'll all be one in Christ and he is in us. And because he is in us and we are in him, we are in God our Father. It's it's such a powerful integration. There won't be time to be worrying about the differences. We'll, be, we'll still be different. We still have our own sense of self, but we'll be unified like never have we been before. But now is the time to practice it. This is the draft. The draft will never be perfect, but this is the draft to get into the groove of being one in Christ. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. This is what we must do. This is the coat that we must put back on. Is that what Adam and Eve were wearing? Were they wearing a coat of all this? Was it like a cloak or a coat or a linen coat of righteousness? Is that what it was? Like, was it something that was part of the quantum mechanics realm that they were part of? Because the reality that they were part of is nothing like this one. This one is a stripped down reality. This one is basic. This one is is on life support. And then again, when we get to the new covenant, the new universe, it will be perfect. It will be, it will be such powerful integration. There'll be such unity. I wonder if anybody will trip in heaven. You think somebody will be walking along, you oops, and just trip. Well, I guess if they did trip, they wouldn't fall. They wouldn't, or they would fall, but maybe they wouldn't hurt themselves. Or maybe they'd bounce, or maybe they have no pain receptors. You know, there's no Pacinian corpuscles anymore. There's no Meisner's corpuscles in your, in your new body skin. So, you wouldn't feel it anyways. I don't know. You just kind of hit the ground and just like, haha, that's very funny. You know, or just maybe levitate off the ground. I have no idea. But would you trip though? Would you make a misstep? I don't think so. Maybe it's almost like it sounds like it's too perfect. I really don't know. I'm just speculating. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive everyone who offends you, anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. I find this really hard. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, but my, my um, how can I say this? My soon to be ex is really making my life hard right now. Like I was just really frustrated. And now today when I come from church, my son is saying, when am I gonna see him? And I'm saying, I'm sorry, you know, I, we're just not having healthy conversations, me and, me and his mother. And I'm thinking, you know, I don't really hate her right now. Like I've been to church, I just feel really good. But I just, I can't stand the control. But I just, I'm thinking, you know, like, how do you forgive? Does forgive mean bowing down and, 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 and being a doormat? Is that what it means? Like forgiveness means you don't hold it against the person, but to submit to their improper control, do you have to do that? Like, um, you know, forgive means not having a negative feeling about the person. Like it did happen. Okay, you don't have to pretend it didn't happen. It was a wrong thing that happened but i don't know you're just not controlled by this negative bitterness i guess everyone always says you know you can't let the bitterness rule you that's what forgiveness is you're you're letting go of the bitterness you're not feeding yourself your bitterness you're not remembering the bitterness part i mean joseph said to his brothers whatever you guys did you did it um forgot you didn't know what you were doing but you did it um for god's glory should i actually read that part if i can uh, should get out my Bible here and I should actually read that because I think that's really a good part. So I'm going to open my Bible and I'm going to flip to that part which I know which I know is in Genesis 50 verses 20. Because that, that, that is something that I remember he said. So let me see if I can find it. And he says in here um, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring it about, that many people should be kept alive as they are today. That sounds like he's forgiving them. You meant it for evil. So he's not saying that it never happened. He's He's telling them it did happen, but he's saying God's turned it around. Like he doesn't have to be defined by bitterness and negativity. And i I, I can read these words and I'm, I'm convicted, but I'll tell you, it's, you know, forgiveness is hard, and I think there are people probably out there that have been done way worse too. I mean, Jesus forgave us. We did everything to Jesus on the cross. All of our sins killed him, suffocated him. I don't think Jesus is in heaven right now with bitterness. I, I, I think he looks on us with absolute love and, and devotion, w- wishing for us the very, very best. He's not bitter against us above all clothe yourselves with love which binds us all together in perfect harmony you know harmony ebony and ivory perfect harmony isn't that the force from star wars the force that unifies the universe and binds us all together like doesn't that just sound like you know colossians 3 verses verses 14 like the force that binds us all together I mean, Star Wars, to me, is a secular version of the gospel. The, the the Jedi Knights, and they're fighting with a light sword, and they've got the Force, and, 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 and Darth Vader says to Luke, um, father and son, ruling the universe. Like, that's a secular gospel right there, you know? But it's just amazing how it says the f- love is what binds us all together in perfect harmony, and it's not perfect right now at all. There's a lot of disharmony in the world. There's a lot of anti-love. There's a lot of sin. There's a lot of hatred. One day that will be gone, that will be gone. But I think one thing is assured, it won't be gone by us. We cannot remove it from ourselves. Only God can take it out of us. And yet we still be alive and then get a new universe. We let the thing out of the box, Pandora's box. We let hatred out. We ate the fruit. We didn't trust God. We let it happen. Verse 15, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts, for as members of one body you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. We're one body. You know, I don't think in the body, I don't think I'm really, like I don't really have like a top position. I ain't a top organ like a pancreas or a liver or a heart or anything. I'm happy to be a peripheral cell, but the body still works together. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. I like that word, richness. It's not Sparta. It's richness. It's robustness. It's vitality. It's fullness. You know, I love that. I love that feeling. I want to be rich in the spirit. I want to be filled up so that I can't get depressed. I can't be emotionally lonely. I want to be so powerful like a real Christian Jedi Knight, like just so powerful. You know, it's like, the, like the, the power just streams off me. Okay, I've seen too many movies, I get it. But do you know what I mean? Like, yes, I would like to be like Superman and lift cars and fly and, and have big muscles like Arnold used to have, and I would like all that physical power. But what, what I need to get through this life is this spiritual richness, this sort of this spiritual Teflon, that you know, water off a duck's back, that things wouldn't upset me that I'm not bothered. If somebody somebody does something to me, yes, okay, I can forgive them and I may still be wary of them, but I'm not frustrated and bothered and reliving it in my head like I do. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom He gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through Him to God the Father. Isn't it amazing how people don't, may not believe in the Lord Jesus, they don't believe in God, and yet they discovered the principles. Uh, they discovered you know, the principles of the Redeemer, even if they don't believe in the Redeemer of the principles, like an attitude of gratitude. If you have an attitude of griping, complaining, moaning, do you want to be that person? Do you know what that person is like? Do you want to be married to a person like that? So I guess we don't want to be people like that, because there's always people like that. They gripe and complain about everything and you go, "Uh uh-huh, sure, uh uh-huh. And you say to yourself, when is this person gonna grow up? When is this person, I just hear some of my friends and I like commiserate with them. Sure, man, I understand. Hey, you gotta be trying harder. And I'm just thinking, when is this dude gonna wake up to the fact that he does the fact, you know why he's not happy? Because deep, deep down, he doesn't wanna be happy. He wants to stay broken. He likes being broken. He likes complaining. It's his joy, uh, ironically enough. Some people just, they have a joy in being joyless. They want to just gripe and complain, and they want to share their problems with you, and they never want to say, you know what, it's up to me to to do my part. They don't want to do that at all. This guy came to the church, and all of a sudden, you know, know, he was unhappy, and then he just started saying to me, oh, you know, I don't. I think people in this church just don't like me because I'm really so outspoken, and I'm thinking, yeah, you probably are outspoken. But it was like he was feeding himself this narrative. To, I, I, it was like he was saying, I just don't want to do this anymore, but I can't really, I can't really say the true reason, so I'm gonna blame it on somebody else. The reason, the reason that people don't like me in this church is because I'm very outspoken. Maybe he is outspoken, but you know what? I never told a dude, although I would go, uh huh, sure, yeah, okay. I told dude, dude, you haven't been coming long enough to this church for anybody to know who the heck you are. Aside from one lady in the church who told him about it, everybody probably forgot about the dude. Like if I were to walk up to people and say, hey, this dude, uh, you know, uh, was coming to the church and I I give the name, people are going to say, uh-huh, yeah. And? Yeah, okay, so? They don't even know who the dude is. They probably never even crossed paths with him. When I went to the church today, um, they did an interview with a couple and, um, the interviewer came up and said, you know, I met a man there and I said, Oh, hey, nice to meet you. I haven't, I've been going to this church for a long time. How long have you been going here? The guy says, the guy says to the interviewer, I've been going here for 25 years. And the guy says, what? He says, yeah, I always, I come in very late and the side doors, I hear the sermon. And then I slip out just right after the right after the ser- service is over like that the guy who does the slipping out like he's been like that to me is I just want to hear the sermon and I don't want to really interact with anybody or do anything I'm a consumer I just want to come in hear the sermon and then leave like the, the interviewer was flabbergasted he had never seen the dude before but if I, but but the guy that he was talking about I don't know if that dude was in the audience but I I wanted to I personally in my head I want to get up and say dude you come to a church and you just slip in and slip out? Is that what you think is Christianity? <laughs> man, I don't know, man, you you had an accident somewhere where you hit your head really hard because you got a serious degree of cognitive dissonance. That's unbelievable to me, but the, I know people do that, that's fine, they don't want to see anybody, they want to slip in, slip out, cool. Okay, anyways, I'm digressing. Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting for those who belong to the Lord. You can't say that to a covert narcissist today. You can't say that to a woman who's a toxic feminist. Submit to your husbands. They take it as control. And there are some dudes who do control. There are some dudes who may say they're Christian and they're controlling. You're supposed to rule in love, Ephesians 5, 22 and 25. I thought I just just read that somewhere. Yeah, maybe men are supposed to be the leaders, but you're supposed to lead in love, but the wife's supposed to cooperate with her husband. I don't see cooperation going on in the world. I'm sorry. I'm not uh, anti-women, I'm pro-men, but I'm also pro-men and pro-women. I'm pro work together in God's hierarchy. Okay? I'm not toxic femininity. I'm not for toxic femininity. I'm not for toxic masculinity either. This world can't seem to agree. It talks about agreeing and working together, but it doesn't really know how to do that. Husbands, love your wives and never treat them harshly. Hey, you hear that? That's what God says. That's the hierarchy that God created. You know, when men are trying to be women, are like women and women are trying to be like men, it doesn't really work, does it? Doesn't really work, folks. Children, always obey your parents for this pleases the Lord. You know, it really upsets me when my daughter has given me the silent treatment. It's just disrespectful to me, and it hurts me. It really does. I'm not going to gripe about it because I just said I wouldn't gripe, but, you know, it's like uh, I'm not doing what you want, so this is how you do it to give me the silent treatment as if to pretend I don't exist. Like, you know what? I love my daughter, but it's it's painful to me, and it's setting a bad precedent for her because, you know, I don't know if she's ever going to get married, but if she ever gets married and treats a dude the way I'm being treated, to be honest, marriage ain't going to last too long ain't gonna last too long and a lot of marriages have gone off the rails and uh, I'm sorry if what I'm about to say is gonna offend you and I'm not trying to 65 to 75% of the divorces have been initiated by the wife I'll let that sit with you children always obey your parents for this pleases the Lord fathers do not aggravate your children or they will become discouraged I really tried not to get angry with my daughter but I said, I'm sorry, but i am you're not the parent. I'm the parent. And I want to hear your concerns, but you're telling me what to do. And i first of all, you cannot tell me what to do. I will listen to you, but I don't work for you. And um, you don't have a right to uh, tell me what to do. You're not the parent. And I absolutely won't just sit there and be a punching board for a 15-year-old girl who thinks she's smarter than I am. When I'm 58 years old, when my daughter was born, um, after, uh, the nurse, um, you know, after the whole whole, let the mother see the baby and then the nurse, the nurse gave my daughter to me for a brief second, this child trying to open her eyes. She looked like ET and her head was all messed up because she looked like a cone head because the head, because it was a hard birth and you bond with your, you bond with your daughter. That's my daughter. I love my daughter. i next to the mother. I love my daughter the most in this whole world. And then I guess God comes before. And it's very painful to me how, how, how you can be treated like this by your, by your kids, by your daughter. But I tell you something, having a daughter, having kids and having this disrespect come my way, I just want to say it makes me love God more. Because if God is disrespected by His own children, for me now to be disrespected by my my children, by my daughter, now I know what God has had to go through to give us salvation. To give people who are ingrates, ingratitude, thankless, to give up His one and only Son who never sinned, like Abraham was asked to do with Isaac. And I would like to say to the Father, It's not a good experience to be disrespected and and, um, kind of ghosted by your own kids, by your daughter. But I want to thank you, Lord. I want to thank you for making me feel that because now I know what I have done to you. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything you do. Try to please them all the time, not just when they are watching you. Serve them sincerely because of your reverent fear of the Lord. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master you are serving is Christ. He is our king. He is our master. He is our savior. He is our mediator. He walks with us 24-7. He lives in us through the Holy Spirit. We serve a living God with a living faith and a living hope. Nobody else can say that. But if you do what is wrong, you'll be paid back for the wrong you have done, for God has no favorites. That is a serious thing to say. Do not do wrong, because God will judge every man and every woman according to what you have done, and you will be rewarded and you'll be paid back to the right and the wrong that you have done. With Jesus, you do not enter into judgment. But without Jesus, there will be judgment.